you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast is not responsible for the downfall of your favorite team. Take responsibility from the Chris Wessling podcast studio. It's Around the NFL. Dan Hans is here. Got the heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, the week 17 preview in bulk. What's up, guys? I disagree with what Zumwalt said. Uh, I think you are responsible, Dan, for when bad things happen to the Dolphins. Like, why just why don't you like them? You know, I love you like them? I love Dolphins fans. They are so mad at me all the time. I, I, I feel I, like you go out of your way to even say, I understand the Dolphins fans. Doesn't matter what I say. Talking about them, it, it encourages them because yeah. no matter what I say, yeah. They're going to get mad. Why be so offended? Why I not cons- just like, you know, I consume enough standard? like media, you know, Twitter and podcasts and whatnot. I've, I feel like I've heard this from many football analysts over the last three years. At some point, Dolphins fans are mad at them. So there's one thing that's the, you know, constant among this. You know, you know what might some analysts out there um, or hosts, you know, what might get them to shut up about not believing in the Dolphins. Ooh, like win a playoff game for the first time in 25 years. Let's start there. It's a good win, starting point. Win Sunday in the in the game of the week, and there you go. That, that, that's another one. That would be a good they one. They just beat the Cowboys. I feel like but that's a what, bit of an acid test. And I'll be like, but just wait till the playoffs. Yeah, and then they yeah, get all mad fair. again. Oh, it's so unfair. Please, <laughs> good. I'll good, tell you about unfair. Good ball team. Good ball club. How about that, four that, plays into week one? That's that, unfair. That is the signature element of a country that okay. has not faced war on its own soil in a long time. That we're spending time on that. Hmm. Okay. Save it for the war podcast. Well, sure. Uh, Mark and no, Greg. I know you want to come in with something about World War II right now. I know. Here with we certain go. Factions. Three shows in a row. Now uh, let's, let's let's avoid the the old uh, Patrick. Okay. Uh, shout out Zone of Interest Hive out there. Great movie. Gross. It really sticks with you. A hive. I just I just heard from people that were like, oh yeah, that was incredible. Great Good. Movie. I'm so happy. <laughs> Keep it up, Greg. Let's go for the ultimate streak. Let's go with the Joe DiMaggio Nazi streak on this. You show. brought it up. Did I, though? Yes. Welcome to Around the NFL Week 17. We're going to get into the previews. And just a reminder, this is our Thursday triple header. Um, we have a uh, what you're going to get here. We got later on t- 
tonight. Uh, Jets Browns uh, Thursday night football with Greg and Chris Wessling's brother, Nick Wessling. How about that? And also uh, the Dreamatorium is alive on NFL plus. Let's start though. Oh, and by the way, stay tuned. We're going to get to the Russell Wilson situation um, and everything going on with the Broncos, a team that is trying to figure out a path forward. Uh, So a lot to get to, but let us start where we always start with the Island games and um, Saturday night, December 30th, you know, it's that time of year. Saturday is a popular uh, ground for NFL and we got a good one because uh, it is the Detroit lions at 11 and four traveling to face the Cowboys who have not lost at home this season. They're seven and oh, and I'm trying to figure out Greg. And we look at what's going on in the league right now with two weeks to go. Um, the AFC, the, the Ravens have a game in hand over the dolphins for the first seed there. The, the bottom of the standings, um, in terms of the wild card, it is very muddled in both conferences. Uh, San Francisco's stunning blowout loss on Christmas night has turned the NFC top of conference upside down. And it is the Detroit lions who all of a sudden have something to play for in terms of the number one seed. If things break a certain way and the Cowboys, man, the Cowboys just need to get back to their winning ways. Right. And the Cowboys can still hope for uh, the Eagles to help them out. The NFC is very unlikely, but yeah, the Cowboys have something to prove to themselves. They're five and a half point favorites here. Look, Minus 218, not a lot of respect here on the money line uh, for the Cowboys over-unders, 53 and a half, uh, or not a lot of respect for the Lions, rather, because, like, the Lions are more consistent overall right now. Their defense isn't great, but their offense is fantastic, and I just want to see that matchup about the Cowboys' run defense last in the league in success rate allowed against this Lions offensive line, which, you know, as I mentioned, when Frank Ragnow is there, especially in the interior, they're just tough. Gibbs can run inside. Montgomery can run inside. They're going to stay patient. They're healthy on the offensive line. And I just think teams are going to continue to try to run the ball down the Cowboys' throats until they prove they can stop it. Yeah, why not? I mean, like, I we asked after that Bills game if what James Cook accomplished against the Cowboys defense was a bit of a roadmap for future opponents. And until that's proven untrue, keep going for it. And like, that's Detroit's bread and butter. Uh, I think like we've talked about the fact that Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, a completely refashioned backfield, um, which felt like an, an odd off season move for me for a Lions team that ran the ball well last year. Um, it's completely worked out. Like I would say David Montgomery, if I were to list the players that I was lowest on historically, that changed my mind this season, David Montgomery would be re- near the top of that list. He's been really effective for them. Jameer Gibbs has been part of one of the best rookie classes by any team all year long. And we got a version of Detroit last week that like, yeah, it came close to giving that game up. But I don't like this five and a half points. I think that's a disrespectful to a Detroit team that like is going to give Dallas a fight. I think it's like a, it may be a come factoring in a bit of a come down. They, they don't have as much to play for. Cowboys have been great at home. Well, if the Lions went out, even shut out everything else, if they get no help at all and they went out, the Lions are the number two seed in the NFC, uh, which is not nothing. I mean, you're one uh, playoff win and one Niners upset loss from hosting the NFC title game potentially in your building. It's it's an interesting setup there for Detroit. And I am totally um, shaken about the Cowboys after these last two weeks, but also it was on the road. And I think what I do see and what I think the, the desert sees is the Cowboys playing 
at Jarrah World are a totally different team. And they are going to be playing with a level of confidence that you just don't see on the road. And they're just a more dynamic, um, effective team. In fact, they've been just not just winning um, at home this year. They're blowing out teams on the road this, uh, at home. They, are, they have a plus 171, 171 point differential in seven games this year. So as much as uh, Detroit is a great story, and I think we're all rooting for them um, as a graduate of the team of ATL, um, do I think their defense is going to have answers on that turf in, in Dallas? No, I think the Cowboys are going to have a big week here. One answer could be Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, though. And so if he returns and sounds like there's a decent chance of it, him and Melifonwu, who's been a revelation last two weeks, okay, suddenly you got some movable players that can do a lot of different stuff at the safety position. I, I'm not expecting them to be a great defense, but neither of the Cowboys been last five weeks. EPA per play. These are the 24th and 25th defenses in the league. Mm. So Dan Quinn, you're, you're probably getting a head coaching job this year. Like, let's see it. This Cowboys defense was supposed to be great. They've been good in parts. They're great when they have a lead and it's a certain sort of game script. These are two very even teams overall, sixth and seventh on the, in the year in terms of total DVOA. I don't, I think the Cowboys just had one bad game. People are being a little hard on the Cowboys. Last week was two of the top seven or eight teams in the NFL and they basically played to a draw, and they came out on the short end there uh, on the road. And th these are, again, two of the top seven or eight teams in the league, and I expect it to be close. So I'm, I'm with you. I like the, the five and a half points for the Lions, but if, if the Cowboys, you know, struggle and they barely get this win, Tyron Smith's not practicing, like, I'm not going to be panicking about them. Uh, nor am I. Like, and I, I'm not panicking about what happened in Dallas against the Dolphins, both sides to be honest. Like, yeah, wait, 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 wait. They got to win. I, 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 I was going to say, if the Cowboys start. are going into the last week of the season on a three-game losing streak, please. No, no, I'm with you. But I just mean last week didn't make me feel any differently other than their... Other than Tyron Smith might be a why bit not? of a Jenga piece for them, and he is, might be out again. Wait, why? Why, like, why does that make you feel differently? Because they, I score, at, they at struggle the to score, and they can't get a big stop, and they're giving up yards all over the place against a... Uh, a good team. Here's why. Because Dolphins and Cowboys, to me, were pretty evenly matched going into that week. And I watched, watched the game. I said, well, those are two even teams. So I okay. just kind of felt the same. I think it is. It, it matters that Jonathan Hankins has not been available for Dallas. Like, he's kind of someone that you don't really talk about much or think about much. But he's like a linchpin in their run defense. And, and without him, they've been beaten up by Buffalo. They were beaten up on third down by Miami. The, Dol the, the Cowboys since week 14 are one of the worst third down defenses in the league. I think that links to Jonathan Hankins. I think it links to their run defense. But I don't come out of that Dolphins game. I, I know where you're coming from, Dan. It's like if you're the Cowboys, you kind of need to change perception and go take some of these games. It's been a late season gauntlet for all of these heavyweights. And the Dallas schedule has been rough. Um, had they gone and been blown out the way they were against the Niners... I would just view them as complete frauds. That's not what happened. They were blown out week. the week before, by the way. They got to, they got to uh, fix their pass rush. But so they are. They're an up and down team, though. But see, that's what I'm talking about. All yeah. of a sudden, we're, move, we're moving. Big day for Zaddy. But we're moving the goalposts now on the Cowboys. So we went from two weeks ago, everyone's saying this is a true Super Bowl contender. Look out, Eagles. Look out, World. To oh, it's a, well, they hung with the Dolphins and they didn't come out on. on I don't top think everyone and, has seen and, them and as hopefully a true Super Bowl contender, cover, though. Wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I, I think they're just in Listen the, to in every that, show on this they're podcast in that, they're for in the that, last like, few months. They're in that group of five or six teams. And, like, they've got issues. And it, a lot of it is, like... We're trying to win a chip here, okay? Yeah. Right. The Cowboys... got to win this. We're, we're trying to win... the same way. For the first time in, like, a quarter century, the Cowboys, the expectation, the demand here is to win multiple playoff games. So, I just... I think they need 
to right the ship and prove, and this is a nice way to do it, against a very good Lions team at home. Do yeah. not, do not lose this game. Prove to themselves. Yep. Zaddy's got to show Don't that come close. He's not, Win. it's not just the same old Zaddy, you know? I got gotcha. you. Big week for your Zaddy. Big test. Big test all around for Dallas. Where nobody's underdog. Not this week. All right. <laughs> Let's move to the other primetime island game on the schedule here. It is New Year's Eve night. It is in Minneapolis. It is the strug- struggling, fading team of around the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings, welcoming, welcoming in the Green Bay Packers. Um, <clears throat> interesting. <laughs> this is this is an interesting kind of look at the uh, state of the bottom of the N- NFC playoff picture because at, at one point, uh, on this podcast, we were high on both of these teams. There was a time where the Vikings were the team that was fun and sexy, and that's how they became the team of ATN. And then the Packers rose up. If you remember that Thanksgiving performance and, and the weeks uh, that followed, we were all about them. And now we have two seven and eight teams and essentially, Mark, an elimination game. Right. And I think that one of the reasons that we became, as we were searching for the team of ATL, which is not like you're not looking for a powerhouse. You're looking for a story. You're looking for someone that you can kind of like become fascinated with. Um, it had a lot to do with Josh Dobbs and like what he had done on multiple, in multiple situations this season and what he did even last year. And now, right. You're in a situation where like they, you could see Josh Dobbs starting. You could see Jaron Hall starting. You could see Nick Mullins. Like, I think we can rule out Josh Dobbs just because when the I think media, probably, media was there, they, they did this song and dance of splitting the reps between Hall and Mullins. Right. And, I, and we're at the point where we've, you know, We've hitched our wagon to a team um, that isn't a fair amount of chaos and, and hard to believe in. And that that's okay. I don't have a huge problem with that. Um, but so is Green Bay. I think, like, Minnesota came so close to upending the Lions a week ago. And, like, I, I if it were me, I would start Nick Mullins again. I know he made some critical mistakes, but he is super productive. And that's where I'd go with this because I think the Green Bay defense has become... You said super like, destructive, right? Well, he's destructive and productive. He's both. Got he's him. both. Nice job. Nice job there. I, I just feel like Nick Mullins, if anything, activated like their wide receiver group. And you don't have Jordan Addison right now. Like, and TJ Hawkinson is out for the season. You're limited at what, on what you can do. So it's like, do you really put this in the hands of Jaron Hall? I guess so. It is crazy. It's a fifth-round rookie. I kind of expect Jaron Hall to be the quarterback. It's bizarre to me they're doing the thing where – Nobody seems to know, like Justin Jefferson spoke to the media and legitimately didn't, didn't seem like he could possibly be acting that he doesn't know. Uh, and there's, and when the media was there, which is just the early portion, it was like Mullins and Hall were getting the reps. To me, that's a sign. It's probably the, it's probably Hall. Cause I don't know why switch. Yeah. Why go through all this? But we, we sort of, it got lost in the shuffle. Hawkinson's injury out for the season. Killer. Massive. DJ Wanham is now out for the season. Mm-hmm and has been their second best defensive lineman, I would say, uh, behind Daniel Hunter. Like, that's massive. Byron Murphy, their best cornerback at a position where nobody's playing well right now, has been out of practice. Addison might not be there. And it, it, it's just a bit of a mess. They have no more cornerbacks, and they're going against a really productive offense. I, I looked today, and I was like, man, this Packers offense feels like it's one of the better offenses in the league suddenly. Jordan Love and all his rookies. And it made me realize they have better numbers at basically every measurement you could come up with than the 2022 Aaron Rodgers Packers offensively right now. Not even just like, oh, the last six weeks. It's like, no, over the course of the season, that's how well they've played lately. So I I think it's a toss-up. I like the Packers uh, to win this game, but it does worry me 
that they suspended Jair Alexander. Let's talk about in this. Theory, this is absurd. their best cornerback. Why don't we start by listening to Jair well, let's, Alexander? Let's set the table. Sure. Jair Alexander is the cornerback uh, of the Packers who is a Charlotte native who before overtime of their week 16 game against the Panthers uh, decides to take before it upon himself. Before the game started. Uh, before overtime started, right? Or was, oh no, before the game started, he comes out on the field, even though he's not a captain. Okay, so there's the first mistake. And he uh, he then called, the, they win the coin toss. He calls, I think, tails. He says defense. And uh, and that, what he was supposed to say was defer. Uh, so it became a situation where the officials really wanted to stick it to the Packers. This guy walked up on the field who wasn't the captain, who said the wrong thing once he called uh, the coin toss. Uh, they could have given the Panthers the ball at the, to start the game and to start the second half. Huge mistake. Uh, luckily, the uh, head coach of the Packers had spoken to the game official beforehand and had made it clear what he wanted, so they let him off the hook. Anyway, Alexander gets suspended this week with a, on a, for ahead of a playoff game, which tells you how annoyed and over Jair Alexander <laughs> it, uh, they are with this guy, no matter how talented it is, it, he is. Here was his explanation of this situation. So were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains and you were the fourth and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know, so. So you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know, so they, they knew I was from here. Do you realize you almost made a is... big mistake on the call, though? What'd I do? <laughs> That's my favorite part, and they they continue they proceed to walk him through kind of what what happened. See that Jair Alexander doesn't seem to have any idea what's going on at all in the world. I, I should have been walking out there. I'm from Charlotte. He I, he didn't know that. Also, new drop. We need to clip it. Only suiting. It's only yeah. suiting. I, I just I like I have to say that we've listened to probably five thousand quotes from athletes on this show. And that has to be one of the most bizarre interactions <laughs> to the point where, like, um, as a young 20-something, I got very into these, um, like, novels, historical novels by Carlos Castaneda, who, like, went down to Mexico and studied peyote and the effects of peyote on a human being. I was like, what has what is going on with Jair Alexander? It's like, is he not? Is, there, is, is he okay? Yeah. Well, that was immediately after okay? the game, to put it context. That wasn't during the week. Yes. So Before his suspension. Unlikely. Yeah. yeah unlikely. He was on peyote, although you never know. Uh, Jair Alexander is a character, and pretty much every time he talks, it, it, he leads you in a wonderful direction of uh, surprise. And so it wasn't totally out of character. And I don't think they're suspending him just for this. And that's what Matt LaFleur said. Too. Right. It's, it feels like right. something like else one is, thing. Yeah. It's right. not, it sounded like he actually had maybe gone out in, when he wasn't the captain before. Like, that's that's a crazy. I'm not. Yeah. Crazy I'm not going down like ranting, grumpy sports writer territory to say this guy's the problem with the, the Packers. Uh, but for a defense that is, you know, free falling under Joe Barry, for him, it's just not a good look. He's also wearing sunglasses that maybe Britney Spears was wearing in 2003 or so during that interview, just if You're you right. haven't seen it before. Yeah. So there's just, a, I don't know, he seems kind of nuts He's also to me, not been maybe a nice guy. He's not been available for them for big right. chunks he, of the He just too. returned from a massive injury and uh, hasn't quite been himself. This is a, this is a big, I mean, this, this is a, it reminds me a little bit of Packers line. The first playoff game. Last year. Uh, it's a chance for the Packers to show their growth because I don't know if you guys remember the first Vikings Packers game. That was the game afterwards where everyone started making the cutups 
about how the Packers offense is just a bunch of bumbling uh morons basically where with penalties and like 17 drops and like people were playing the Benny Hill music and it was pretty much the the nadir of their season it was mid-season and now here they are like rolling a bunch of rookies uh a chance to show how much better they've got big spot for Benny Hill I was gonna say can we find man I like this yeah but I don't know the Benny Hill music can we find something new yeah that's fair. What did that what, Benny Hill was like fifty years old? Well, it's like a, the, Thomas has all the Zard yeah. music reference. A pre Y two K offering that was a little edgy if you were a child watching it. Came from Britain. You're from Britain. Yeah, but I, I used to watch Benny Hill when I was like seven or eight, which I don't think it's something I would throw to my children to watch. Never, at seven I've never eight, seen that. Yeah. Uh, Vikings. We have some breaking news. Our starting yes. Jaron Hall. All right. Well, that's big time uh, news. Case closed. I, this is why the host has to do it. We have some breaking news. <laughs> <sighs> Production It's moments. This episode has issues. Yeah, but when that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, we ju- just came down from Madison behind the glass. The Vikings are starting the rookie, Greg Jaron Hall. I think it's the way to go. He looked good on that one drive we saw. Kevin also, O'Connell has like been turned off by two quarterbacks at this point. Two capable. Backups stink. And and Nick Mullins is so frustrated because I, I could carve up this defense. Then maybe we'll see him. It's a pretty, we might see both. It's a little shocking, and I think it shows you that as much as the Vikings would like to make the playoffs and actually have a great chance to make the playoffs. They have a 30% chance. If they win out, they're in, essentially, though. that's the, If they win out, they're basically in. I think they're saying as much as we want to do that, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. Like we want to see what Jaron Hall can look like too. Sure. And the advantage, if there is any advantage to Nick Mullins, uh, it's not enough that we uh, want to pass on seeing on Mark. Hall. You could he see him it. in the second half. Potentially. You never know. I Hold mean, out hope. We're it's one of these the teams where you're going to probably see all of them all over. I mean, if there were more weeks to the season, thankfully only two more after the regular. And as season. much as it feels like it's over for the team of ATN, this has been a weird, weird year. Maybe the Vikings have a push. Has this gone any better than the last time we picked the Vikings? Well, I would for just, you, I, it has. Well, for me, because I'm not culpable. Yes, you, that was I, more I, of a disaster. <laughs> I think we picked them at like five and zero, oh, and they immediately lost. Right. Yeah, they tanked hard. And like, Mark took it as a personal affront to him, and was yes, I did for seven months. No, because afterwards. it's like nonstop text being like, "Well, I wasn't part of that vote." It's like, okay, it's fine. In some ways, you're culpable for this too, because you're a Josh Dobbs thing. But it's fine. That is entirely what, fine. not. You want to talk about glistening to previous tapes? Like that's entirely untrue. It was Dobbs that pushed it over the top, and he was your. I won't listen, Greg. You have to back me on this. Like, won't let the, what about evidence and facts? Dobbs was the reason we picked the Vikings. Yeah, but I'm not the luck. reason we I, picked yeah, the Vikings. Mostly Mark, in my opinion. I no, find that, that to be true. annoying. I know it is. All right, let's get to the draft. It is time now for the first overall pick, presented by DraftKings, and I will take this an easy one: the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this is a early game. Interesting. Interesting time slot for the game, but it's, you know. Unrewarding. There's a lot of, uh, I, you know what? I don't mind it. How about a, a hammer drop early game? We don't have many of those, so it's a nice little change they, of pace. In theory, they, they could have flexed out Bengals Chiefs, which would have been nice. But a week ago, I get why they didn't do that. God forbid we don't have Tony Romo talking about Patrick <laughs> Mahomes for another four and a half hours. Uh, the Ravens are given three points here. Um, and, and a good spotlight here for Ian Eagle and our guy, Charles Davis with Evan Washburn looking impeccable on the sideline. So good matchup here. Great matchup. And um, at this point, it is hard to look at the Ravens and say they're not going to win a big game because they've done it 
over and over and over. And, uh, you know, coming off the way they played against the 49ers, I guess they seg into a different place now, Greg, because now they are no longer going to be the team, I don't think, that is putting up a win after win after win, but is kind of seen as a little lesser than. Now you're the big boys. And you heard um, Lamar talked about it this week that, you know, we're still the underdogs. We're still the underdogs, um, but they're not. They're very much the favorite. And I think the, at least in the AFC and the Dolphins have a chance here and Dolphins fans, listen up. Like if you want to shut up people who you think hate your team like me, which I don't really hate them, but if you want to shut people like us up, wow, you have a chance to wrap up your division and stun the Ravens coming off the Niners win. It's a nice setup for Miami to make a true statement. Right, and try to get that one seed for themselves. And they're not viewed, you know, in the desert by as big underdogs. It's only a three-point line, which is pretty interesting in Baltimore. Minus 180 money line. The the over-under is 47. I... I am surprised by that, but I think rest is part of it. They're coming back from the West Coast, a little rest stop action on a short week, a huge win. Uh, Dolphins have that extra day of rest and everything. But to see these teams as equal, I, I think is surprising because, yes, they're trying to build this underdog mentality where, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, but according to the numbers, like DVOA, for instance, has had the 49ers and the Ravens as two of the best 20 teams of the last 25 years, basically the whole season. Now the Ravens are actually ahead uh, on top of the rings. Like both of them have been elite, elite teams, 49ers, Ravens, and pretty far away from the rest of the NFL, including uh, the Miami Dolphins. I do wonder if it's an advantage or a disadvantage for Mike McDaniel to look at that 49ers tape. And yes, the Dolphins and, and 49ers do things quite differently, uh, in terms of how they win, how their quarterbacks win offensively. But essentially, here's the offense that we're most similar to, the coach I'm most similar to. Here's what the Ravens did with their disguised coverages and everything and winning physical physical matchups uh, against them. How can I adjust what the 49ers did poorly and, and make it work for me? Yeah, I think you're. I think that's absolutely right. Where it's like, yes, um, you can't just say what Mike McDaniel is doing is the same as Kyle Shanahan, but there are a lot of roots and shared DNA there. Uh, I, this game, to me, um, boils down to availability. Uh, I think it's very impactful that Kyle Hamilton um, has not been practicing this week. I think he has a, been a huge piece of what Baltimore's done on, on defense. Patrick Queen is banged up. Roquan Smith is banged up. Um, Zay Flowers did not practice on Wednesday. Um, for the Dolphins, Jalen Waddle. Uh, did not practice today on Thursday. That's a high ankle, chant, high ankle sprain. Right, and they're calling bad. it not overly severe, yeah. so it's like there's a chance he plays, but what version do you get? Um, Tyreek Hill is practicing today on Thursday. Devon Achan is practicing today. It's like the the Dolphins, uh, like Teron Armstead has like 82 injuries. It's like their injury list has just been wild, and so it's like I think this is such an intriguing matchup, but it really comes down to who is on the field and what percentage of health they have. Um, I thought this was really interesting. You know, we played it on the last show, but I want to play it again here uh, because it wasn't hard to decode which teams uh, Patrick Queen was talking about uh, when uh, in the aftermath of the Niners victory, he pointed out what makes the Ravens different. We play a brand of football that people don't want to play. Uh, everybody want to be out here cute playing basketball on grass and stuff, and we ain't with all that. So you could do all that stuff. We just going to hit in the mouth every play, honestly. Um, you know, we could care less about all the pretty stuff we do, gimmick stuff. You just got to line up. You still got to line up, play football. You still got to get touched. So. 
Um, that's our mindset. That's how we want to come out and just, you know, hit people in the mouth. And that is what's going to happen uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, who are going to take it to the Dolphins, humble their fans. I'm locking up the Baltimore mm. Ravens mm, uh, okay. in this game. I think they're a perfect match. As, and as good as the Dolphins' season has been, I think this is a bad matchup for them, and I think the Ravens are going to bully uh, this offense and uh, come away with another resounding win. I think like what Patrick Queen said also bakes into the, like the Lamar Jackson MVP conversation where it's like he's his numbers don't blow you away, um, but you can't question his value. Like I, I was looking at Nick Shook's QB index and he has, um, and tell me if you agree with this, number one Tua, number two Lamar, wait, number whoa. three Dak wait, Prescott. Wait, he has Tua number one in yeah. QB index? Yeah. I but, wouldn't but, but have isn't that, top five. Th- th- Really, I don't know about that. Um, well, let me let me go you'd, through. You'd it. have to also you'd have to move Josh Allen or Matthew Stafford out of there, or, or Jalen Hurts comes at six. But like to me, it's like um, wow, like Lamar is not. It's a weird year for MVP, obviously, with the quarterbacks. Like I would just go Christian McCaffrey at this point. But like um, you can argue that Lamar, like figures and stats wise, isn't that guy. But he is based on everything that he's done over the last 10 or 11 weeks. And it's like, we're getting these schedules. And that's why I don't like this is that this is baked into like a 10 games happening, you know, early in the day in Los Angeles is that like, this is another one of these MVP showdown games. We're getting them week after week. And like, we're reacting off of what we saw literally 24 hours ago. And the vote keeps changing. You know what? Now that Mahomes has taken a step back, uh, I probably would have it. Allen. If like I was doing QB, I'd probably have it like Allen Lamar, either one, one or two. Those two, Dak, and You're then, very high and then I would have Allen. Stafford and Purdy, four and five, probably. But two of them might be in there. They're all close. Uh, yeah. Like, so I know it's tough. For, like, you don't think two is top five? I, well, yeah, that's, I just, I I just he said he's do. either five or six. So, yeah. But who is, who is he? Def, I, out of those, I think it's all close. I mean, Stafford, I think, is in that mix. I think Purdy is in that mix. He's got and, Baker Mayfield number and, eight. And I think right. Dak's been amazing. That's wow. That's a big drop from the top six. That that is uh, wild. I am a little worried about this matchup as as someone who's locked up the Ravens five times and definitely rooting for them because number one, where's the weakness in the Baltimore defense? It's definitely a cornerback. I know Marlon Humphrey's playing better lately, but their cornerbacks can be beaten. Uh, this is a tough matchup for their cornerbacks. Number two, I as much as Lamar played great, very well on Monday night. I do worry a little bit that their offense has not been in rhythm lately and not a lot of like in rhythm throws. He's he broke the pocket a, a lot more and you're just counting on him to improvise, which he obviously can do, but you just would like to see that like a little more consistently. It's there one week. It's not the next. And unlike playing the 49ers defense this is crazy, but I, I think the dolphins are, have been a better defense the last two months. They've been like Baltimore, a, a explosive offense and a top five defense that can win games in different sorts of ways. And I, I think you saw that last week. So I am a little worried about it, uh, but I'm locking it up too. I already had, it. <laughs> I already had it locked in and I don't change. And my you know what? So just let's go back to the, the team that has, has gotten me. Here. Yes. And, uh, and just a counter punch to the, all that, which is all, I think it's going to be close. Like it's not a lock. Only where one I'm like, of these oh, they're going to roll. Only one of these teams smoke the 49ers in San Francisco. Like, three or four days ago. So like the Ravens, I just think they're at another level right now in, in a way that almost sometimes those worry me. Cause it is so hard to stay at that level back to back weeks. We just saw it with the bills. It's like the bills followed up. You're going to be Florio, the Cowboy. You're going to get Florio. What? Lamar Jackson what? burying Mike Florio in his post game press conference. Why am I burying? I just locked them up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying they're <laughs> looking for any type of oh, okay. motivation and people doubting them. Well, 
So you are kind of I wasn't, you're locking up a team that you're doubting a little bit. Right I now. wasn't worried about. Uh, I didn't know about that Florio thing until Lamar threw it out. Yeah. But he did say that they were got that they wouldn't even like be like worthy of being on the field right. of them, or they were going to get totally smoked. I mean, Florio so loves like, that. Okay. Florio adores the entire was, concept of what's happening. And stay, stay aggressive, by the way, John Harbaugh. I really don't like this new super conservative on fourth down, John Harbaugh. Um, Florio had a very dignified, extensive uh, tweet response as well. Like a like a man who just lost a presidential election. <laughs> like it was like a, a concession speech. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code ATN. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code ATN. The crown is yours. Um, all right. Uh, let's keep moving here. We got we to gotta pick up the pace. Mark, you're up. So I'm looking at the slate. Um early and late. And I, what I see over and over are like quality team versus floating trash bag. And so uh, mm-hmm. I, for me, it's like, I want to see how, when you say floating trash bag, do you mean like the beautiful kind from that movie, uh, American beauty, or just an actual, no less the bad, the that really was artistic. Bad kind. That was artistic yes. and, and beautiful. It, very nineties. Yes. A little, that was artistic. This was more like you're driving down the highway and there's a trash bag. Oh, it's going to end up yeah. in the ocean. Sure. Yeah. It's going to clog yeah. things up and yeah. be a problem. And that's a seagull is going to choke on it. We're ready for it to go away yeah. and we're ready for Scott. That to go movie away. inspires one of Dan's least favorite things when movies don't hold up well, because that movie did not, does not hold up. It's got some problems. <laughs> you know what? Including Man. some of its actors. Guess what? Well, <laughs> <and> stars. <laughs> I Here's a take. Uh, I'm pushing back on the take that it's has an age girl. Watched it recently. Fun. Okay. It's, it's also where you're at, like in, yeah. in a way, like sure. it, maybe it, it, it age well. Maybe for it's you. bounced back because yeah. mine was like seven years ago. Maybe it's, it's become like back. the prevailing sentiment that uh, it's terrible, and now Not it's terrible coming back around. Again. Okay, West but Bentley. You, I believe you know who kind of ruins it yeah. though? Yeah, Spacey. Yeah, well, that's it's hard I mean, to. It's, it's tough to dig in. But the criticism around it hasn't been about him being a creep. It's been that the movie is heavy-handed and and all that. It's great performance though. Right. All right. We're, we're good. Agree with it's that. Greg's pick. Greg. <laughs> betting. Amazing. Now, now for you, Greg. Um, I, uh, I will take San Francisco at Washington. Um, maybe it seems curious, but I really actually, and then San Francisco is giving up 12 and a half points, uh, which does not, <laughs> that feels fine to me. I have no problem with that. Uh, money line minus 750 for the Niners. Oh, over good. under of 50. That's a high over under. But I think that to me felt like a little bit of a J- J- Jacoby Brissett factor there because he's been actually really great for them two weeks in a row and he's going to start Sam Howell the Sam Howell experience might be over forever um, in Washington we know the head coaching experience will be over I mean I think the whole team blew it but he 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 was spicy if nothing else Um, I want to see how San Francisco responds I don't have a problem with the the idea they're probably going to come and blow Washington's doors off but this is one of the few teams it's a pet team to me um, Trent Williams is still banged up with a groin injury. Debo Samuel's banged up. So I wonder if you're San Francisco, like, do you push these guys into action? Do you use Debo Samuel as much as you would normally? Or do you try to get out of here with a win? Um, it still matters. They're still fighting for that number one overall spot in the NFC. Um, you cannot let up. The Niners, I think, have a, this is a statement game in a way for them to turn around after what happened on national television that completely altered the MVP race completely altered people's confidence in the Niners, which I think is a little bit overbaked. I, I don't, don't I don't know if I agree with that. I think if, if it would alter like a, the MVP race. It, yes, but entirely. I, I suspect every you know, they're heavy, heavy favorites to make the Super Bowl. That hasn't changed in most people. And I don't think you can make it you no matter what they do here positively, they're not making a statement this week. I'm just right. saying like come out and like 
their version of a statement is drop 40 points on this well, terrible sure. team. I wouldn't We've learn anything about times. them, though. I, I, I think... I think I'd like to see it just because I want to see them playing their best at the end of the season and looking looking like they've looked. They need to. They really want to get that one seed. They haven't had those home games uh, in the big spots, the NFC Championship enough. Uh, they've they've really missed Eric Armstead. I think the last couple of weeks. We don't know if he's going to return. Their their offensive line to me when especially when Trent Williams is out. It's it's like it it went from being like very good to a problem. And that's something that's not going to be tested this week because there's no worse pass rush in the league than Washington. I mean, they made the Jets offensive line look like, you know, like the early nineties Cowboys last week. So I mean, it was just standing back there forever. <laughs> so it's like, I, I'm with you, especially when the 49ers have the ball. I don't feel like I'm learning much. This you know week. what I like a lot? Cause I do. Yeah. I think the NFC is a little more saucy after that blowout loss uh, in terms of intrigue. Um, I'm already looking ahead and maybe, maybe you get a, a flat Niners performance because they're doing the same uh, to the Rams. There's a little bit of like 2007 week 17 uh, Giants Patriots vibe there where the Rams could make like one last big statement before the playoffs if they are to get there. Mm, and, yeah. and the Niners are just trying to lock up a, a, a big win to, to get where they need to be number one seed potentially. Um, so it, you know, I think they're going to be favored obviously each of the next two weeks. Cause they're still rightfully seen as one of the best teams in the league, but they were humbled and it's going to be interesting, I guess, to see how they react to that. I cannot stand the MVP derby. I just and don't talk about it. Don't worry about it. We <laughs> because don't need it's to talk like, about no, it. No. Cause like I can go You're find the one that keeps I, it up. I can go find a game or two where Lamar Jackson like underperformed, but it happened months ago. And so it's but like that matters. Context matters. I, Christmas just, night meltdown all, matters more just, than week four. It's all about what you do. Like as we get closer, he to didn't have voters. a four pick game against another one of the big tests that that it, he did not. I mean, he melted down against Cleveland in one game, but that's a your good. guy can still win. No, he can't. MVP. I don't think he can. He can. He, I don't what think do you mean? He's the third or fourth so. favorite right now. I think he he couldn't even be the number one on the Niners right now. Well, I, I I've thought it was McCaffrey all along. I think that's I think that's a totally legitimate thing looking at their offense and just how how it's built but all right just needs to hope that lamar loses basically all right let's do one more before taking a break greg all right i am unprepared here toughy it's your first pick you're gonna get vikings i'll take the rams at the giants rams are five and a half point favorites uh minus 230 money line i like the rams to win this game i don't like the rams to win as easily as when I found out Tyra Taylor's taken over. I think it's a pretty big difference. I think it, I agree. It's close to a Dalton level scale, you know, starting quarterback who for the limited time he's played this year has unfurled a, a high amount of yes. big time throws. I don't know if that's going to continue versus, you know, maybe the most overmatched starting quarterback in the league. So you're going on the road across the country uh, against defense, which has been all over the place. It's gone from absolutely terrible to quite good to kind of back to terrible again the last couple of weeks. So I don't know what to think, but they, they are relatively healthy on defense. And it's just another uh, chance for Stafford in this offense to kind of control the game. They have these long drives. And then suddenly when you're playing the Rams, you're like, wait a second, it's the middle of the third quarter and we're down 13 points and we've only had the ball like six times. They really have a way of shortening these games because of a very efficient offense that goes on these nine, 10 play drives. They, uh, 
and when you have Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Karen Williams in there together, they have averaged almost 30 points a game. Uh, it's like their offense is fully formed. And I think coming into the season, I was like, I looked at a team that didn't do a lot along the offensive line after that was their Achilles heel a year ago. Um, since their bye, which was ages ago, week 10, they have the second lowest, they've allowed the second lowest pressure rate. Like their line has performed and like they've been really healthy since their bye. And it becomes this NFC team. I love your comment about like the Patriots Giants end of season matchup that happened many years ago where it's like this Rams team has completely changed, evolved, grown, developed over the course of the season. And it's like, we keep propping up different people as coach of the year, but Sean McVay is right in that conversation. Like this team was universally counted out as uh, drifting driftwood on a dead sea before the season. And here they are. And like, it's like, who wants to deal with them right now? I think the um, one thing that I've learned this season is to not doubt the brain trust there at all, because yeah. it did seem like, and that was the the prevailing uh, sentiment that they, they bought that Super Bowl on credit. And now they were going to go into this tailspin and, and have to rebuild. But the way they have developed all of these players on both sides of the ball. And you're right about the offense, Greg, it's not just Matthew Stafford having a big year or the rise of Puka Nakua. Hell Cooper cups, not even having a big year. He's been injured a lot. The way the, the, they identified a running back in the draft that became a star, the offensive line playing at a high level, the scheme is elite. And you tell me that the Rams are an easy out for anyone in this league. If they stay healthy, they are a true, they're going to be a wild card. That is a true wild card in January. Well, they're, they were, couldn't have been happy seeing the 49ers lose on Monday night. Cause now the 49ers Heard them there. are going to yep. be starting week 18. And so the Rams are, are far from guaranteed to get into the playoffs. I mean, they or go, or go beat the Niners. And then suddenly right. everyone is they, like a lot. They also yeah. could clinch this week and they could rest starters next week. All they need is to win this game and the Seahawks to lose to the Steelers, which is, you know, a reasonable thing to hope for. And then the Rams are in this week. I do think, uh, Stat, it's as much as everything else matters, and Puka's a true number one. And God, he was so impressed to see in person. Mm-hmm. Like God, like whatever the ceiling is, it's even higher than you could imagine for this this kid. So much of it is just Stafford improvising. Like you think of like Mahomes and Lamar as like the top like second reaction guys mm-hmm. in the league, and I mean he had five plays in that game that are not in the in the call sheet. He's just improvising and he's freaking amazing at it. I I don't think he's a crazy idea for MVP. I'd have, I'd have him a little lower, but if it was like the NBA where you voted on five guys, I think he makes my top five. You're talking Stafford or Puka? Stafford. Oh, he, Stafford, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you said that yep. Puka's fun to watch in person. I imagine some of oh my Stafford gosh. throws were the, amazing. The one where he was rolling left, we had the perfect view where he was rolling left and did the sidearm stuff, and I was just like trying to tell Walker. I was just like, yeah, did you see that? that? that was I'm t- like Stafford's incredible. in that Lamar world where like you have to ignore the stats because he his like TD yeah. interception ratio was just never really outstanding, but it's like what he's doing physically is like this new version of Matthew Stafford. And I think we, uh, there was an NFL plus dreamatorium up earlier this season where I was talking about Stafford in the hall of fame conversation, man, a year like this, I think has completely uh, reframed how special he has been. And he's actually the flip side of, and we're going to get to the Russell Wilson drama and the disaster that that's become for the Broncos, the boondoggle. That could have been the same thing for the Rams if Stafford came here and couldn't play. Instead, he kind of became a better version 
of himself and sustained his play in his 30s. Very interesting. I'm not going to bring up MVP again on this episode. I don't know but why you don't I've done, like that. It. I don't know why I've done like that 12 it. times. Yes. That's like, got to be annoying you're to the, the only person one. listening to Go this. Ahead. Do you have something else to say? No, though? if you're driving around, oh, you're yeah. probably annoying. Well, you just brought point. up MVP to say I'm that just you, you're not going to bring it up. I'm not announcing okay. that I won't bring it up again. Okay. It's a tedious thread. A ban on MVP, those three letters together, Eric, for the rest of the episode, starting now. Let's take a break, and we'll continue on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah, all right. Welcome back to Around the NFL, the Week 17 preview in bulk. Uh, the snake is slithering right back toward old Greggy. I will take uh, a late game. First one off the board. Nice. Be- Bengals at Chiefs. Chiefs favored by seven. I, I don't want to hear Mark complain about Romo and uh, Mahomes again, so I'm, you, know, you don't have to watch it. Okay, uh, money line minus 305 for the Chiefs. Got kind of a big favorites considering yeah they were 10-point favorites against the Raiders, and they got smacked. How broken is their offense? This is another good test because the Cincinnati defense has been quietly broken as well. One of the worst groups in the league by almost any measurement. And so it's two of the most disappointing sides, I think, in the NFL, the Bengals defense and the Chiefs offense. I think if you're the Bengals, you're hoping Hendrickson and Hubbard can keep winning on the edge. You know, Wanya Morris, we haven't been talking about, is a rookie left tackle playing for the Chiefs. 
or, or second year tackle hasn't played much and has not been good. And so if Hendrickson and Hubbard can keep getting pressure at the tackle position, maybe that sets up another long day for the Chiefs offense. Oh, man. I mean, at this point, you just expect it, right? At this point, you don't, you kind of know. This, we were talking about this for a few weeks now that it's change probably ain't coming until after the season. Uh, but to see them face plant, I thought it was just really interesting that with, with the mighty Mahomes and the great read, the fact that those turnovers happened and there was so much game still in front of them and they just couldn't adjust. They couldn't find a way to get it going. And uh, at this point, and the Bengals are in must win territory uh, just about here. Right, Greg? I mean, yes. they need yes. it. Uh, even if, if they don't have tiebreakers, they got to win. Even if they win helps. both of them, they are not guaranteed. So they're right. in a deep hole. So, you know, uh, they have, they've been, you know, um, they were cooled off. Obviously that the Pittsburgh loss really took a lot of air out of the balloon there. And the idea of what they could be when they were riding that three game winning streak. So this is a game where um, I don't know what we're going to get from Cincinnati, but I kind of do know what we're going to get from Kansas city. And it will be a steady to very good defensive effort that could scramble Jake Browning. Who's uh, an up and down entity here. So I see this as crazy as it is. And it's a bummer because if you look in September, who's Cincinnati at Arrowhead week 17. I, know. Uh, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think this is going to be like a 17, 14 type game. And uh, I think it's a true toss up. I don't think I wish it was dolphins Ravens in this spot. Yeah. I well, think that's, that, it's, it's that's why I don't know why they didn't do that. I mean, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Cause like Kansas city, 20 or fewer points in eight of their games. And it certainly looks like it. Um, I, I do think for the, for the Bengals, like it's a tough slate down the stretch, Pittsburgh's defense, Kansas city's defense, like for as disappointed as, as we are by the offense, like their defense has been super consistent game after game for the most part. Um, Cleveland's defense mm, next week. That's so it's a, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough stretch for Jake Browning. Um, it's also a chance for him to like bring us back into the world where we believe in him. Um, Jamar chase took part in the walkthrough. He's got a shoulder injury. I think that matters a lot because Chase and Browning have connected pretty well. Playoff game. I would expect them to be there. You've got to put them all these guys in. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I mean, Kadarius Tony's banged up for the for the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco's banged up. Uh, T. Higgins coming off a huge performance. So it's like I can I, I don't I don't feel like that that the Bengals team that we loved a week ago was floated away entirely. It's just kind of like we'll see. This so could be if. the last time we see them as we know it. Now I think they'll tag T. Higgins, but. You know, in terms of a meaningful game, if they lose this game, they're basically done. T. Higgins, Mixon, Tyler Boyd, Jonah Williams, four guys who have basically started every game throughout this run. All four might not be there next year. I feel like they'll. I feel like they'll tag Higgins because he's just too good. But the the you know this is the end of something with Cincinnati, which feels weird because Burrow's so young. But they're just gonna have to re- reload on the fly and figure out what was wrong this year. Dream it all up again. Last word on this game. Let's go uh, to the New Heights podcast, uh, which is, by the way, presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment. Travis Kelsey not having the year you expect from him. The Chiefs obviously not having the year you expected from them offensively. And he does that podcast with his brother, Jason. And here are his thoughts uh, on the state of their offense. Everybody's just got to do their job. Every single play, somebody not doing their job. And it's me. It's every it, one by one. It's everybody on the team. Um, and whether that's prep, whether that's uh, having the confidence and understanding of what the defense is in their their coverages, their gaps in the run game, um, how we're picking up blitzes, how we're running routes versus certain coverages, uh, 
all the above. Mm. And we should bring it up here because you could look at that as just, you know, cliches there that we all got to man up and, and do our job and all that. Or you could say, like, is he talking about the the le- the level of preparation and coaching with the offensive well? And you have, obviously, Biennemi is not there anymore. Uh, Matt Nagy took on a bigger role there. Obviously, Reed is the architect. Is there frustration in that building? And, Greg, you pointed out Rasheed Rice, a lot of miscommunications. We know Tony has had mental and physical gaffes. Um, is the offensive lines uh, was having breakdowns. Uh, is this a situation in-house in Kansas City where it's like this offense is not being put in position, forget about just the skill level, put in position to be successful on Sundays? He like He's their leading receiver because they don't have a leading receiver. Well, normally in, in this situation, an offensive coordinator leaves and you turn from a very buttoned-up unit to one of the sloppiest units in the league by any measurement. It would uh, People would be going crazy about the offensive coordinator change. I think it's confusing because Andy Reid's the head coach. But I think it's totally fair to wonder, like, Eric Bieniemy leaves, Matt Nagy comes on, and suddenly they don't look very well coached. Right. It was always part of the reason why I think Bieniemy, or one of the reasons he didn't get a head coaching job, it was always very nebulous about what he was actually doing. And then even, we talked about it over the summer, that NFL quarterback show, you would see during their Super Bowl run last year, it was Nagy that was very involved on the sideline uh, on a on a game play-by-play basis. And you're always like, where is Biennemi? Well, right now they're asking, where is the offense and where is the flow to it? And the, the basic fundamentals is what Kelsey is also getting at. Why aren't we playing at a high level? It's crazy. All right, Mark, back to you. All right, taking uh, another early game, Saints at Bucks. Um, intriguing. The Bucks basically... That would have been a good number two pick, but you ended up getting it. It all worked out. Sure. Well, that's how the draft works sometimes. It just, you know, I don't know why. I'm sort of stunned that Greg didn't take his Saints, um, but that's okay. I'll report yeah, I, to you what I observed. It, it, they have not been my Saints for many years here. I'm rooting Bucks. Let's go win a division. I. That's the thing. They, they're in it. They win. And they, they are the taken team. this game just because of that. Aren't we rooting for them to win this division? Like, how can you make an argument for anyone else? Yeah, like, they're I the mean, only uh, team that's not like a deadbeat. They've, they've, <laughs> I mean, been let's pretty, be they've been like the best version of themselves for a while. And it starts with Baker Mayfield. And I think there's like a really specific historical, a lot of these like historical notes about player X performing a certain way against a team um, begins to become nonsensical because the rosters have changed so much. But like the Saints and Bucks, like when you put Mike Evans against the Saints defensive backs who have, they're kind of similar. Like they're nasty, like Marshawn Lattimore and friends, like, this Although is the, they've really missed him in this matchup where he was so good against Evans. Right, and that really Lattimore has been, like, the guy. But, like, it's like Mike Evans has been held under 70 yards in nine of his last matchups against the Saints. Um, th- this has been, like, their player, their guy. And, like, I think the one thing that has been such a promising aspect to Baker Mayfield is that that offense was so frustrating a year ago. And how many times did I watch Tom Brady and Mike Evans Unable to connect deep downfield. Um, that's not been the case with Mayfield and Evans. I think that that's the, kind of the engine of their offense. And explosive plays in this matchup matter a lot. Um, when they battled the first time, you know, the Saints always made life very tough for Tom Brady during his stretch with the Bucks. Baker Mayfield went in and they won 26-9. to um, and, 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 like, the performance between Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield were, was night and day. But, but Derek Carr, for all the critique he gets, since week eight, has been has 140 passer rating on deep passes. And so it's like, I think explosive plays make the difference here. 
Bucks favored by two and a half. Man, this is a tempting lock here. Saints have the extra rest coming off the TNF game, but man, the desert's been giving the Saints way too much credit for way too long. Like they were barely underdogs in LA, got smoked. They're barely underdogs here. They're playing their worst football. The Bucks have won four in a row. Offensively, they're great. They're very good offense right now. They're a legitimate top 10 offense. Evans leads all NFL uh, wide receivers in touchdowns right now. He, he's he's going to get to like 13, 1400 yards. Like his route running, the, the jerk route he ran on uh, for the touchdown last week against what cornerback was that last? I mean, just made him look gonna make a lot of money. ridiculous. Tyson Campbell, it was. Uh, he was awesome. This feels like Dennis Allen's last stand. And Baker. They're now saying, like, there's mutual interest in keeping him. He's played his best two games of the season the last two weeks. I think Baker's been solid all year, but he's been legitimately really, really good the last two weeks, and he's playing a team that just doesn't get any pass rush here. Like, man, I like the Bucs. Maybe we, we should lock him up. Mm. Yeah, well, it's not too late. You know, we obviously, we know what Todd Bowles is and what he isn't, so he has nothing to do uh, really with the offensive game plan. Have we been talking about Dave Canales on this show? Early in the season, yes. Yeah, well, they he went, was Gino's guy a year They ago. went through a little slump, uh, but yeah. It also tells you, so because he deserves credit, because if we were just talking about Kansas City and what's going on, everybody's out of sync. It's an offense that is in sync and is uh, potent right now, and you got the quarterback playing with confidence, and, and Evans is having an all-pro year, and, and you even got Godwin going a little bit now, and it's just like, okay, look out now. Um, we shall see. This is also the same. This is why they are the most deserving team to to claim this bizarre division. They also did lose six of seven at one point this season. So the the, the DNA within them perhaps is still there to, to have a, a late uh, collapse. But I'm not I think there. I, I have to do this. Like I was going to go somewhere else, but it's like this has been the one of the more unexpected quarterback performances of the season by Baker Mayfield, who I think was a Dalton line candidate um, coming into the year. I'm locking up the Bucks. They're going to do it. Enough with the Saints. Check you later. Okay. Dalton Lyon, I mean, heck, he was way below that. That's why he got uh, no money this offseason. He got a one-year, $3 billion contract. And he's been better than Derek Carr, who got who got uh, he has. whatever he got. He has. There's environment, but he's going to be a dad soon, too. What kind of contract would Baker get? That's, it's that's a, tricky. It is a very tricky yeah, one. It's a tricky one. For them I love decide. Baker at this value. It is tricky. Yeah. One, <laughs> I like one, this for Baker. One last thing. The Buccaneers are the only team in the NFL that everything else that matters in terms of their playoff positioning and everything, yes. everything else in the NFL has no impact on them whatsoever. Literally no other results matter. If they win one of their next two games, they are the four seed, period. There you go. If they don't win, either if they go 0-2, they're out. That is, that is mathematically refreshing. I do like that. To quote, to quote the great Mariano Duncan. Remember Mariano Duncan? Nice no. middle infielder back in the 90s. Not really. We play today. We win today. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. That's what the Bucks got to do. All right, I am up, and it uh, feels like it's been a long time since I've been up on the clock, and You're here really I am. Speed up. I do like the, uh, I like this game that it's still here. Raiders at Colts. I mean, come on. It's a big game in the AFC. And you can look at these teams and say, oh, who cares? Doesn't matter. These aren't Super Bowl teams. I get it. I'm with you. But it matters to the players, and it matters to the coach, and it matters to the fan base. So it's a game with a lot on the line. Uh, Colts at 8-7. and seven. Um, and they are, you know, with the Jaguars in a free fall, 
What's going on in the division over there right now? Where are they at? They're all tied. They, oh my goodness. So the division is there. The wild card is there. The Jacks have most of the tiebreakers if it, if it all stayed tied, but it's a three-way tie, yeah. Um, and then you have, uh, on the Las Vegas side of things, the biggest surprise um, of the last couple of weeks has been what they've done. I mean, they put up a 60-burger on the Chargers. Then on Christmas Day, they go to Arrowhead and they and they beat the artists formerly known as the Chiefs. Uh, and yes, the Chiefs are not the Chiefs anymore, at least not this season. Uh, but that is still a huge win for that organization. Obviously, for Antonio Pierce, who's trying to get that intern label ripped right the hell off. So take a look at the Raiders now, because if they can beat the Colts in Indy, and uh, we saw what the Colts just got spanked by the that was, Falcons. That was a Stink. terrible loss. That was a terrible loss. So we know what's going on with the Colts. They are just hanging around here. They could be picked off by anyone. They could beat a lot of teams too, but they could get picked off. Then they would be the Raiders home against the Broncos in week 18. And uh, hot damn, if they ever win out and, and make the playoffs, that would be one of the more unlikely rises for any team in recent memory. I mean, it would, it would, it would match the Basaccia experience. I mean, if but any, even more so like that team had some talent, they, this team was completely they also written did off. It. Yeah. They had a much longer runway too. Cause Gruden got fired so early. You know what I mean? It, it's interesting to me how they're doing it because I think your argument for Antonio Pierce, and we talked about it a little bit um, in the recap show was that like, if you're, if you're going to be a defensive coach in 2023, 2024, like, your defense better be great. Like it better be like you. We better see like a noticeable difference. And like I think that's happened with them. Like uh, I, they won. They won that game against the Chiefs, where Devonte Adams had had one reception for four yards. Uh, they've had four defensive touchdowns in two games. And the Raiders are one of the deepest historical lore operations in all of sports. And they've never done that over the course of two games in their entire organizational history. And they've had some great defenses and some like ball hawk type players. Uh, you got a guy like Max Crosby who's played more percentage of defensive snaps than anyone else in the league and like has gutted through terrible injuries. That tells me you want to play for your coach. That tells me you want to play for Antonio Pierce. And like, I think they'd be one of the most spicy stories around if they ever snuck into the wild card. Yeah, this is basically a playoff game. Good pick. Fun game. An elimination game for the Raiders. It, you know, if they lose, they're out. Uh, not quite for the Colts, who just because of the division actually have a decent chance. They could even lose this game, win next week, and, and still have a decent chance to get in. I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to be back. Uh, Julian Blackman has been really good at safety for the Colts is out. They're only three and four at home. The Raiders have also been a much better home team and bad on the road. So something's got to give there this version of Minshew who's been playing better. I think in recent weeks, despite I know that I know that the result, it's so weird. I, I swear he's played better the last three weeks versus this defense. That, that could be trouble though. That could be trouble for, for the Colts Two two teams. Good pick. I like this. All right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I want it to be a dramatic affair, and we'll see if Jonathan Taylor gets it going again, second game back after the thumb injury. Uh, I don't know if you just said it, Greg, but uh, Colts can win out and still miss the playoffs, um, but they could also win their division. They could also, like, yeah. lose this game and, and very easily make the playoffs next week. There's a lot. It, it, it's crazy. The Colts, Lots by the way, three-and-a-half-point favorites, and the money line is minus 175. I'm taking the Colts. I feel bad, Raiders fans. Mm, okay. Uh, snakes to me. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go keep going down this road and I'm going to pick up these games that are essentially playoff games for these teams. The Steelers traveling to Seattle to face the Seahawks. This is the Seahawks uh, getting three and a half in this game. And yeah, Mason Rudolph, he's getting another start. 
it's been quite a, a journey um, for Mason Rudolph, but all of a sudden he's getting something that maybe, maybe, I mean, you didn't think this would ever be a situation again, that here we are in late December, uh, turning the calendar over to January and he is playing a quarterback in a huge game for the Steelers. And maybe the craziest thing, it, it is the obvious right move for this team right now. Uh, it tells you a lot. Just tells you a lot. Right. We're not sure if Kenny Pickett is even going to be available, although there was some hope that he would be. But Tomlin made it clear early in the week that either way, it's going to be Rudolph, who got a lot out of you know, George Pickens is a very talented human. And they're not doing themselves a, a service if they don't find a way to use him. And Rudolph did in a in a big way. He's not right, afraid to go down the field. And I'm looking forward to those matches. You're going to get the bad with Pickens. That's just part of the DNA here. But you might as well get the good while you're at it. And they were only not they were only getting the bad and not the good. Get, let the guy make plays, throw it up, and it made them. I don't enjoy watching the Steelers. I haven't enjoyed watching the Steelers for years now. Uh, mostly rooted in the quarterback play, even at the end of the Ben era. Um, that was at least a, a compelling, watchable brand of football where, the, you know, you're getting that physical Steelers defense with an offense that is taking chances and throwing the damn ball. It, Rudolph has more touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett with 13 fewer games played. I can't. Yeah, we're going to rush Kenny Pickett back on the field. Can we calm down? I also think it's interesting. Like Steelers fans, he has more touchdowns this season. That can't be true. No, no, no. Career wise. Oh, okay. Thirteen fewer. I was like, he only played that one game. I'm just saying, like, it should be pointed out that Mason Rudolph came into the league in 1996. So that's but thirteen fewer games. games, Thirteen fewer games than Pickett. So I'm not saying like he didn't come into the league in 1996. I do find it interesting that like. Rudolph, like Steelers fans are so, they adore him to such a degree, like the degree that they do. It seems to like him too. Yeah. I mean, if you had to watch some of these guys that have been playing quarterback for the Steelers, you would probably want the underdog that you think didn't really ever get a fair shake. Although I feel like we watch a lot of bad Mason Rudolph football too. Yeah. But not last week. What is it? Not last week. No, no, it was fine. Devin Witherspoon um, is possibly returning, which would be really big. That bench sheet of Tariq Woolen, I think, worked. He had a great game last week. They were, they put him back in Master the stroke. starting lineup. Uh, Carroll does have, and I, I think you, you see it with the Russ stuff, like Carroll does have a way, I think, of giving players, you see it with Gino, a lot of confidence in getting uh, the best out of him. They got Weatherspoon in that in that Russell Wilson trade. I do want to see uh, Gino, like, Use the middle of the field more. This is a matchup that you can do it. Everything is to the outside. Like, there's so many great Geno throws. Like, he played really well last week. And yet, like, there's such high degree of difficulty. Can we get something over the middle of the field to Smith and Jigba and the tight ends? Like, he's done it before, and they just don't, compared to almost any team in the league, they just don't do that. And you should be able to against this slow Pittsburgh linebackers and and what's going on in their secondary. They're pretty banged up. Like, Kenneth Walker did not practice on Wednesday. Jackson Smith and Jigba was limited. Jamal Adams, who feels like an enigma at this point, uh, maybe not really part of the team going forward, also banged up. Jordan Brooks was hurt in that game. Noah Fant. So it's like, you know, you're going to, it's that time of year for Seattle, but uh, it's like part of those guys need to be healthy for their Gino tackles what you got just said. worked last week against Tennessee. And that is a big concern against uh, TJ Watt and Highsmith. Uh, Seahawks have a 69% chance of making the playoffs. Nice. Uh, even if they lose this week, they do get the Cardinals next week, but then you, you kind of need some things to fall your way. So win this game, 88% chance of making the dance. Right. So. And the AFC, like a nine win team at this point is pretty likely to get in at least some nine win team in the NFC. I don't know. You're, you're playing with fire. If you, if you get that, I mean, boss. we do not need Pittsburgh. All right. 
Mark, back to you, buddy. Uh, so there is one final late game, but I'm going to take it later under the assumption that you're not going to steal it from me because this is the special week where the NFL has created a scenario where we'll each be watching three games apiece in the early window. So I'm going to take my final one, which is Arizona at Philadelphia. Um, similar situation. I want to see these like best teams in the conference. Like, show me that they're still going to battle down to the end. And you're hunting for blowouts. That's what you're doing. That is exactly what I'm doing. You got the sniper rifle. You're in the, you're in the can, sixth floor of the book to, depository tried, right now. I tried to dress it up in a different way, but you saw right through that. That's what I'm looking for. If you're going to do three, two of them better be kind of easy narratives. Let's go. That, That's why you that drafted way. 49ers. Yeah, you need that. You want to take that Purdy victory lap on Sunday after waxing the worst secondary in the Well, yeah. I do. I do feel he that way about He is the best player in the league again. I do feel that way about Here it comes. Um, Everybody get ready. But you could say the Eagles. There is like a fair amount of intrigue around the Eagles because it's like the whole Matt Patricia thing, the whole the fact that like A.J. Brown at, at times has sort of vanished from this offense, that Jalen Hurts uh, essentially leads the league in turnovers from the pocket. Like, we're, like it, I think he's an interesting study because it's like he made this huge leap last year where it's like, oh, that's what we just expected Justin Fields to do this year. Well, that's not how it works. But, like, Jalen Hurts has taken a big step back, and I think that their coaching, their coordinator shifts have made a major difference to that team. Um, they feel like kind of on the brink, where there's just this, like, the Eagles front office ownership, everything on down was, like, the most consistent, trustable team out there, like the NFC's version of the Ravens almost. And, like, in the last fortnight, um, everything feels different, and it's like, are they Fortnite. on the precipice of implosion if they have another bad performance. And Arizona's probably not going to go do that. Um, a little spicier with Kyler Murray, but it's like, this is probably a home run for the Eagles. But if anything went south, I want to watch it because I think mm. things get really interesting for a team that's hanging in a weird place right it now. It would sting to lose to Jonathan Gannon. It's a big uh, Jonathan Gannon revenge. Mm. Now, people Point. say re revenge, you know, he was a, mm -mm -mm. helped them get to the Super Bowl. But his whole... Um, controversy of how he left and the interviews and the process of that, that all like kind of led to uh, mm -hmm. Sean Desai getting hired and that didn't work. You know, it all, it all didn't leave them in a good spot. Oh, not the guy. I mean, <laughs> Jalen hurts. I think is coming off one of his best games of the year. I think he's had a very good season. If to me, a fourth year player that he, he hasn't as good as last year, obviously very good. Huh? He's like, okay. yes, I think he's okay. been like a top, seven or eight quarterback in the NFL for whereas his development to me is totally fair. It's the other stuff around them that, to me, that's been more disappointing, namely the defense. The most controversial thing I feel like that happened in the Eagles lately is like, they're kind of benching Jalen Carter. Maybe didn't have the greatest effort on some plays last week, like mm. played 21 snaps. It's weird that no, you know, that, that hasn't been that talked feels about chaotic a lot. to me. They just need to get back to running the ball. It was a great swift game last week. I think you can run it down the Cardinals throat. Interesting about, about Carter. We, I mean, see poems written Mark about him earlier in the year. And also a guy that came into the league with some question marks about character and things of that nature. Let's see what's going on with him. Yeah. Well, might, I think it might just be, he never had many snaps in, in college, neither did Jordan Davis. And like, he's just wearing down and they're trying to save him a little bit for the playoffs. Cause he is running out of gas, man. Here. I feel him. I feel that <laughs> Eagles favored <laughs> by 11 minus 600. And you get Joe Davis and Daryl Johnston on the call. Pam Oliver. How about that? Big good. victory for me. Good team. Good from team. A broadcasting standpoint. Greg, you're up. Let's do 
Panthers, Jaguars. How about that? It's actually in the lock zone. You could lock against the Panthers. Minus Hey-o. six and a half and uh, minus 285 for the money line. Good one. Panthers, Jaguars. Uh, can the Jaguars complete this collapse? Uh, I they... feel like you're rooting for that. Am I wrong? I, I no. sense that. You I like thought that now. they weren't good all year and hmm. in that they, you know, just before the season, I did not have them as like a playoff team. I am surprised. But that would make you look very smart if they end up face playing. Nobody's going to remember Everyone. anything. Everyone. And none of it. I picked the Chargers to make the Super Bowl. None of it matters. I didn't need to say that. Yeah, but nobody cares. That's one thing you have learned. You get older, literally no one, no one's going to care about your predictions, right? Who did you pick to win the uh, biggest award, individual award? What do they call that again? We can't discuss that. Well, I can't. I actually you, don't you remember. Guys, you guys can. Do you remember? I don't. I think, remember. I, think I picked Mahomes. I know. You know, we're gonna revisit all that, that stuff I at think the end I of the regular too. season. Uh, no Trev potentially in this game, but he is pra- he did speak with the media, so I think he's probably gonna play. He's come up with a new injury every week. He's just had this terrible luck where he's played every game. It feels like he's missed games. He feels gone, and and he's and he's uh not finished three in a row, right? Definitely. Yeah, like in his last four games, he's had a high ankle sprain that looked terrible when it happened. Right. Uh, he's go- had a concussion and a shoulder injury. Quick like, recap, Eric. Uh, the last three games uh, for Trevor. Okay, here's game one. Be gone. Game two. Be gone. Game three. Be gone. I don't even know if that's true. I think well, you're close. in terms of you're, leaving you're, the game, yeah. You're close. You're and close. it sounds like he will play. <laughs> and I don't know what to put on his injuries because... He had like se- seven or eight dimes up. in that game against the Bucks. Yeah, but big time player. But I don't know what to think about it because like he he had a bad game because he made so many poor decisions and turned the ball over. But if you made like a list of the best throws in that game, he had more great throws than Baker Mayfield. So it's like I have a hard time saying like well, Mark's here. Of the injury. I just mean that like <laughs> I don't need to be protected it, on that front. These things are confusing. It's the defense, the offensive line, everything is kind of collapsing around them. Bryce Young playing a little better. So, Good. Uh, wow. Go win That's this exactly game. exactly what we need. Go win this game and, and get out of that one seed, maybe. All right. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll go back to Greg when we come back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
All right, welcome back, Greg. It's back to you, baby boy. All right. Uh, what else is left? Uh, I think we could talk about a certain quarterback. All right, let's go Chargers. Broncos. Isn't that the only late game that I was telling you not What's to What's a shook game anyway? So negative 185 okay. minus walk, three and a half. Dog. So I'm going to do four one o'clock games if you're on this. <laughs> we we can switch it around. We can give it. Sounds absurd. Uh, you got your ass. I part. don't know. I just listened to the host <laughs> here. He said, let's talk Russ. I figured let's that feels like it. a good time to talk Russ. I don't know. <laughs> what a... Could have talked about it in four minutes. Weird. What a weird uh, 24 hours it's been since the report came out. Initially that like, oh, they might be going to Jared The whole Stidham. nation is dealing with it. And then 30 minutes later, they are benching Russell Wilson for Jarrett Stidham. Even though the Broncos have a chance to make the playoffs here. If they win out, you know, they got a shot to make it. I believe Sean Payton when he says like, he admitted that the finances are part of it. Always a mistake to start a sentence. Up, right, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Really <laughs> into it. Um, where he says, like, the finances are part of it. They're trying to avoid Russell Wilson getting hurt potentially and then being on the hook for all this guaranteed money. But obviously they didn't do it until this week. And so until this week, they decided, like, right. it was worth keeping playing him and that Actually, we'd like to see Jarrett Stidham because we gave him this big contract and we don't think it's going to be some big drop off. Maybe he'll be better. Maybe he'll be worse. And that it's the combination of Russell Wilson's play and the contract. Russell Wilson, you can tell, is putting out all this stuff through his sources that say it's all about the contract. And no, it's a combination. If Russell Wilson was balling out and it wasn't coming off one of the worst games of his season, I don't think he would be benched right now. It's God's plan. Here, Two things. I find it to be refreshing. There's a team at the bottom of the AFC playoff race. It's like, we're not kidding ourselves here. Like we could ride with Russ and risk the financial side to try to get in the playoffs and maybe we'll make some. No, we're, we're already looking ahead to the future of this franchise. And I think uh, an old Gregism, Greggy, it's like, it's two things can be true. It's, it's yeah. Russell Wilson is um, a Dalton line level quarterback at this point. He's not a terrible quarterback, but he's, you know, in that, that kind of soft underbelly. What would, where would you put him? I don't know, like 14 to 17 in that range. Uh, And what does not work is to pay a Dalton line quarterback, like a superstar, especially when uh, there are risks of guaranteeing money for a quarterback. You have now decided with new leadership this year, Okay, we tried it out for a year. We're moving forward. It all kind of makes sense. Now Denver just has to eat all the poop, and it's unprecedented almost levels of financial uh, penalties they're going to incur here to move on from Russ. But it's still, you got to do it because you you did try this year. And I think they did a good job in having patience waiting this long to see if this is a marriage to make work because of the money. It didn't work and they're moving on. And I think it makes sense. I think in theory, you would say that the best possible Avenue he could have had to save his career was under Sean Payton or under a coach like Sean Payton. And I, I think it, it's, I, I kind of love what they're doing, but it's not I, even about like he needs to save his career. Cause well, I don't just, think he's some hopeless cause. He's no, but just, just coming off a guy of, coming off, point. coming off of last year, like his Broncos career. Like right. the, the version of him in Denver where it's like he would stay beyond this season. He, he finished top. He's, he's top 10 right now in completion percentage, touchdown pick ratio, 
and passer rating. Yeah, but it doesn't look like it's it. It's kind of like Lamar. You just you gotta watch the games. Yeah, and I think you know it, I, ball. You, you know, it's like he's but average. He's not, but, he's it, but I think it's like people are not like watching Broncos games at all. It's like he's just a disaster because he was that last year. No, he's not. Like he's just in the middle of the road, like you're saying. But I'm wondering more like if you're the Broncos and if you're Sean Payton, who was clearly told before he took the job, like you're not tied to Russell Wilson. You can evaluate and see what you want to do. Like, wh- why are we keeping the general manager? Like who made this trade and like like they they evaluated Greg like you were saying you were down on Russell Wilson before that trade had ever happened a season before that trade ever happened it's like the general manager who is hired to make these kinds of decisions entangle you financially in a wise way towards a franchise quarterback made a terrible decision and other people were seeing that Russell Wilson was was not the same player and Russell Wilson is guaranteed a lot of money next year. People kind of are getting it twisted. It's like, oh, they're getting out of having to pay him next year. It's like, no, he's actually guaranteed, guaranteed money next year. The extension they signed him to, which to be clear, was in the area of the Mahomes and Josh Allen's type extensives. It hasn't started yet, Dan. Mm. It starts next year. <laughs> That's wild. It's it's totally That's insane. Wild. What is it's funny money, Greg? It's, you have it right. What is well, it again? I think I think in terms of the actual money, it's still over thirty plus that they owe him. But in terms of the dead money, right. the cap space—that's what kills it's him. Eighty-five million. In theory, they could eat it all in one year. I don't think they'll do that. Trump I think they'll not doing that. They'll spread it out over two. But that it it might be tempting that the Falcons were in a somewhat similar scenario, and they decided to eat all of Matt Ryan's money, which was like forty or something in one year, to at least get it off the books because. Suddenly, Russell Wilson's going to cost you like $49 million in 2025 on the cap. And it's like, right. man, maybe maybe we just want to take our medicine. And that's why it's one of the worst trades in NFL history. Right. Because the contract and all the picks that led right. to Weatherspoon and Mafia, all these like picks for Seattle. What a coup and Just it to was put that in. Seattle. <laughs> it absolutely was. And just to put it in perspective. So if his cap hit is near, what did you say, 50 if so they it, spread it out, if they spread it out, it'll be in the thirties next year. And then near 50 in 2025, and the cap, at least this year. And it always creeps up is two twenty five. So that's going to be eating up a large part of their availability. So it's, it's a, it's a type of move that if you hit on it and then I'll use Stafford again, as an example, it opens up your window as a contender for several years. But if it goes the other way, this is a, a mistake that is going to continue to reverberate for multiple years. And I wonder if Sean Payton, and he's not a man that lacks confidence, if he ever truly thought that out and, mm. and, and and if he's now realizing, oh, wait, okay, I couldn't fix him. And now, look, I'm, I'm basically handcuffed in a league where coaches don't usually get more than three years to, to write a ship. I mean, Sean Payton didn't have a lot of other options when he took this When job. he got huge money. Right. So you there's, know, I mean, I that was a huge part. I would just say this. Are we going to wait it out and eventually found he something? You got it. But are we, in, are we in an NFL that's so absurd and so um, like ill thinking that's another team this off season is going to convince themselves to bring in Russell Wilson as a starter. Like if that happens, I lose entire faith. But on, here's like, the thing. What's happening like, with front offices in general. He's again, I don't think he's bad. And look how many bad quarterbacks know, are watching like, this I year. Know, I know, but like then it's just like, what are we? What are you saying? No, but Russell Wilson getting paid like what I don't know, Geno Smith or something. 
it makes more sense. This is what is outrageous. Getting paid like this to play like that. Right. That does. It will be, get. Things will get obvious. leveled yeah. a little bit. He feels a little yeah. awkward, though, as like a Teddy Bridgewater type. So I'm with you, Mark. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a starting job. M- maybe once all the chairs stop moving, maybe there'll just be some team that that needs oh, them. The, the commanders will. Or like the <laughs> right, Raiders. But I, don't do that. I, yeah, I actually kind of doubt it. This is so ugly, though. Like. So Jordan Schultz had this reporting, and then it was backed up, I think, by right. The Athletic, that the Broncos approached Wilson two days before, um, after their upset of the Chiefs, which is you know, almost two months ago now, late October, and told him they were going to make him inactive if they didn't adjust his contract and defer the injury guarantee that I was talking about, uh, and that they threatened him, and they got into a major dispute uh, that the NFLPA got involved in. Who knows? Uh it's interesting to me that Russell Wilson is his side is clearly putting this out there to make Sean Payton and the Broncos look bad. And Sean Payton is very aware of what is happening. And these two still have to work together the next couple of weeks. And Russell Wilson is going to be the backup this week. That's what Sean Payton said. So they're having this sort of source war. And he's basically saying, Sean Payton's a jerk. I shouldn't be benched. I'm going to put this out. And then I'm going to go on Twitter and go on a streak of liking a bunch of tweets from all these accounts like that. I mean, that like it is 2024. Here are the people. Uh, JFA football. He he liked JPA football. Oh, that's one of those terrible ones. Uh, Fantasy fanatics uh, he did, which had been t- talking about liking some other stuff of all putting these out there of how poorly Peyton's treating him and how great Russell Wilson is. And then his public statement is that, like, I, I trust in God. And I really think it's interesting because these two guys, Sean Peyton and Russell Wilson, Few people have tried to manipulate the media through sources to make themselves look better and to like get money than these two guys. So it's like you know what? It's like my it's like my Super Bowl of like of source offs. We have been doing this for a long time and like there is like no one gets Greg more not no one, but like top five get Greg fired up. Sean yeah. Payton is consistently yeah, right. cemented in the top five. But Russell five Wilson Wilson's up there come on strong. Yeah. I do, I see I get it's why they were yelling at each other. They were two alike. I, two I also alike. find football, you know, the Twitterverse to be exhausting sometimes because I mean, to it's, say it's least, hypocritical well, that we're, we're always talking about how, you know, the, the owners have too much power and the, and the players, uh, we should always side with players and this thing that's happening, but then it depends on the player and Russell's not a, an overly popular guy. So all of a sudden we're not like saying he's being done dirty, but he is being done. No, dirty. I think, I think that is just the, like the Derek, thing. I think it's working what he's doing. And he's, he but just like Derek Carr, dirty. this I think is an unfair loophole. Uh, I'll call it the car clause because it happened with him with the Raiders last year that you sign a certain deal uh, that you expect to protect you. And then they kind of use it against you. And in this case, you hold him, put a gun to his head and say, unless you change your contract, we're going to end your career yeah, here but, and bench your ass. But here's the thing. It's, they didn't. So that's why the reporting. But they did. But they didn't for two more months. So they didn't actually do it. So that's that needed a little pushback in terms of the reporting. It's like, OK, they threatened that they were going to do that and they didn't do it. They waited because until Greg, he they were, played they, himself off was, the team. But context matters, too. That was at the point of the season where things were going really well. No, it was that it was when they were three and five and they said they were going to bench him right said then. It was after, yeah. the, after the Chiefs upset. Yes, but they were three and five at that. Point OK, well, they. 
they had they had turned the corner after a terrible start. Yeah. Where, where were they? They were one and four, right? They were one and four, and then they were one and five. I think they had one, two, one and five, and so they were kind of things were at that point in the season. Things were turning over. I'm just saying. Sometimes it's like, where do we choose when to side with ownership and when do we side? I mean, like also the, like the one like it's not Russell Wilson is not being thrown into the bread line where he has to get a get a job <laughs> at like CVS next week. It's like he's making. Oh, OK, if you a, want to put it through that lens, what are we talking about? I am, with anything? I am. Like, well, that's 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 a fair question. It's like he's <laughs> this is what they have. That like, sausage gets made. He's an incredibly disappointing quarterback for what oh, they thought they were getting. The sausage gets made. Right. Oh. It's a disaster. And he's still making an incredible more. He's making way more money than he deserves for what they, he's given them. He. uh He's, this was one where he's doing the PR thing, and it's it's working. I, I mean, everyone does. But if we're gonna kill Sean no, Payton, like Russell way. Wilson is equally no, I think, tedious. I think Sean Payton needs to handle that better. Greg, every off, big name, honestly. almost every big name player has representation that works for them. And when these crises happen, it's, it's they, different. There's spin, and there's it's part of the it's part of the game. Absolutely, but I think it's fair to look at these two guys, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, and say they've gone Listen, I'm not above talking about and beyond. Sean I'm not talking about, that guy is a whole other yeah. category. He's actually been quiet ride, here because I think he knows he's. I mean, enough like, with the slogans, Russell Wilson. All right, let's move on. All right, let's see. Let's see. Anything about that game? No, we're good. Mark. All right, uh, I'm going to take my fourth early game um, because at this point, someone just. Find um, a, an operable firearm and take me out. What does it matter? I'll uh, take one of them. But I'm going I Tennessee at Houston. Happens. Speaking of putting it in perspective, you're watching yeah. football for a living, Sessler. T- Tennessee at Relax. Houston. I actually, I Wait, find but you just took the Shook game, so that's not a fourth. I know what I'm doing. Old Kaiser Sose so, over there. But you there. can't have it both ways. You can't say. Greg, I, I can did, have it. I can have it both ways. Put a pod you have it both ways. Thing. You have it both ways like 25 times a show. I'm, I'll, ha- I'll have it both ways. I'm happy to take that? the game from you. It I am really happy matters. to take it for myself. Um, in the nick of time, CJ Stroud, uh, who practiced. Good. Is returning. I Thank found God. that so depressing for the Texans, who are one of the best stories around. Uh, to lose this quarterback. And so this is such a winnable d- division. I, I, the version that we got of C.J. Stroud and the Texans are the team I want to win this division. Enough with everyone else. Give me a break. Uh, they're so, you know, when you look back at the first matchup, one thing stands out to me is that Derrick Henry had 16 carries for nine yards and four receptions for one yard. Uh, historically, you have to go back deep in time oh, yeah. to find a player that had 20 offensive touchdowns or 20 offensive touches uh, with 10 scrimmage yards. That's never happened in the Super Bowl era. So it's like if you can know if you can nullify Derrick Henry and like it sounds like Will Levis is going to come back potentially. But it's like this is somewhat of a dead offense. Go take care of business, Houston. Win this game. You got Stroud back in the lineup. This is the most intriguing team in the AFC South if he's performing the way that we know and especially if you get guys like Will Anderson and the rest down the stretch back as well it's like this is a well-coached team coach of the year potential I want to see Houston in the playoffs start right here yeah I'm with you they they They're were giving be, up five and a half points they yeah they are uh they are favored here I guess that's assuming strength. well they should be uh minus 255 it's probably Levis it's probably the last two games of Derrick Henry's career according to Derrick Henry in Tennessee that's interesting. He was kind of talking about like he sees where it's going and he wanted to play for one team, but it's just probably not going to happen. Tajay Spears being fantastic is, is part of that kind of shows you the limitations of a great backfield. I would put them in the top three, four backfields in the NFL. 
and really doesn't matter mm-hmm. that much for them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing else happening with that offense, too. That's, it can't be just that. CJ being back, Blake Cashman being back, but might not have Anderson or Grenard, which is what made this defense special. So the Texans are definitely capable of losing this game, too. They're not some juggernaut. Stroud was struggling a little bit before the injury, too, and now has missed a couple weeks. So I re- I'm with you, Mark. I really hope they win and, and find a way in. Mm, all right. Up next. I mean, am I going to have five games? This, this seems well, well, it, it, we'll all end up with the exact same game. That's why it was not worth there's so, getting worked up. We there's each so many, three. Like, well, we'll each have three. It's very easy. No, I'm just I, there's like, no other is, show like this where we're this consistently we got complaining five. about <laughs> what we have to do. Um, no, I just has that happened this year? That's No, that's I think like wild... they, we're getting killed with that early slate situation. All right, I got New England at Buffalo, um, and it is Buffalo. <laughs> Woo-wee! We got a college spread here. They're giving 13 and a half. That so, is absurd to me. Is it though? How the Patriots' defense is played. The idea here, and I am fully They're on board okay. with it, is that the Buffalo Bills are at home in a have-to-have-it game. This is not a trap game. This is the Bills know they cannot mess around here, and they know they got the Dolphins next week. They survived that little slip-up against the Chargers, and so they had that type of game, and they got away with it after, you know, finding ways to lose earlier in the season. So the idea here is I get it. Belichick and the defense has been competitive this year, but the bills, when they are operating at a high level at home, I could just see them going off here. And I, I think the spread actually is fair. And I think the, the bills are the, the great mystery to me of the season because, and, and you know, no one, Ooh, I can't bring it up, but, certain things that uh, hardware that's handed out at award shows. Uh, Josh Allen truly was the big winner last week because all of a sudden uh, he could be in that conversation with a, a, a strong finish, but they got to get to the playoffs first and they got to win these games. So it's all in front of the bills. They could be in two weeks time. They could be the most disappointing team in football this year. And really the most disappointing team in the last couple of years, I think in the NFL, if, if this thing went a certain way and they, and they missed the dance, or they can go in like a house on fire and the team that people are picking to go to the Super Bowl and it wouldn't seem crazy. Uh, so a lot to be figured out around Buffalo right now. I think it's a huge difference to win the division and we'll get to that. And they have to you know, hope the Dolphins lose this week to get there. But it's such a huge difference. I think even going in as a two or three seed and going in as a six or seven, it's just so hard to be the six or seven. They're playing a team that handled them earlier in the year. Certainly Mac Jones' best game of the year. He's long gone. Uh, Bailey Zappi's coming off his best game of the year. This defense still, like, not consistent. The Bills' defense, and like, don't have a consistent enough pass rush. Von Miller, you know, what a disastrous season he's had um, with the arrest. But for the Bills, that he just... I don't think it's coming. It's He just isn't going to make an impact. So you need your offense to score 30, 40 points. You used to do that reliably against the Patriots defense. And I tend to think you're right, Dan, that they can do it again. This, this day, Patriots defense is good, but let's not get carried away. They're like, they're a good defense. They're not a like unstoppable defense. They can still give up like two 90 yard drives to Russell Wilson in a big spot. You know when it matters. No, I'm not saying that they're, there's something that special about their defense, but it's been consistent. It's yeah, been pretty it's, consistent. It's um, the Bills under McDermott, I think these kind of things matter. Like, they're 17-2 and two in December and January regular season play. Like, they close seasons well. I think they understand through all the chaos that's unfurled 
um, inside and outside the building. You know, it's been a weird year. Last year was a weird year for the Bills. Two years in a row in a weird way. Um, they have to take care of business, and they will, and there's no reason to expect... There's no element to New England that suggests an upset. Like, Ramondre Stevenson's been put on IR. I think that they looked explosive on offense against the Broncos for the first time in, like, a thousand eons. Uh, do I trust that that's who they are for the next two weeks? No. No. The Bills, uh, the money line is pretty wild here. Minus... 800. At least uh, Christian Barmore is playing like a standout defense. Very good. I always believed in that three guy. Sacks in three sacks last, last week. That's really been great for the second half of the season. So at least there's one nice young player. They have like none. Yeah. They have so few. They got a lot of work players. to do. And uh, he is one. And it's going to be a, a vitally important draft uh, coming up. Who's going to be in charge of that draft? We don't know a great stat here from the research team. We'll go out on, that, on this with this game. With a win versus the Pats in week 17, the Bills will have 10 wins or more for the fifth straight season. Roberts, Roberts, how old are you? How old are you, Eric Roberts? I actually just turned 32 years old. Happy oh, that's right. birthday, Happy baby birthday. boy. Yeah, Sweet. A, young, Thank you. a young looking 30. Our beautiful mustachioed boy, Eric Roberts, is 32. So the end of his 20s, early 30s, he's known nothing but 10 win seasons or more. Buffalo, for all the other years, uh, pretty much of Eric's life for most of them had zero such seasons of 10 plus wins from 2000 to 2018. So Sean McDermott much maligned in certain corners of blog blogosphere. Yeah, like no one uh, even remembers. He arrived in 2017. Do the math. He's been part of the rise. Guys, but my uh, niece and nephew only know Josh Allen. There you go. Mm. What a life. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> what I'll tell life. you what I know. <laughs> I know pain. <laughs> I want to tell you one thing about Eric. Like I went to my desk. Yes. I'm sure this occurred. To, if it happened to only me, that would be very noticeable. But like uh, okay. a really nice Christmas card from Eric, uh, handwritten. Who's doing that anymore? Like my like very my nice. my grandmother's very like nice. the last person that sent me things like that. So uh, the great Sean Kelly also Sean Kelly sent us absolutely handwritten notes, but that's very, very nice, Eric. That's yeah. it, you guys all should have gotten a note. If not, yeah. that would be awesome. If I you only theirs. sent to one, I took I theirs to okay. compare like what you awkward. said to me versus that them. Yeah. All right. Um, I've not been to my desk this week. <laughs> yeah. Come straight here. I'll be checking in on that and uh, reading it closely to see if there's any differences in the letters. Um, <laughs> that goes back to me. And uh, I guess I'm going to toss this over to Sestog. Um, enjoy the Falcons at the Bears. No, I think it's me. Well, we'll figure it all out afterwards. No, That's there, not where it's going. Of, it's not going in my direction. That, well, I'm throwing this hot potato to somebody. You're not throwing it to me. <laughs> uh, Falcons. At Bears, the Falcons keeping their playoff hopes alive just barely uh, with that uh, win over the Colts, a decisive win. So, you know what, Greg? It's like if you're going to ask me to try to figure out what version of the Falcons are going to get it this week, you're going to the wrong guy. I don't think anybody really knows, uh, but they have an opponent um, that also is a bit of a bit of a hard to uh, team to decipher right now. So this could be a close game. It could have a could go in a lot of different directions. Put it, it that way. does feel like a bit of a like a coach off, like a hot seat off mm. uh, next week's Falcon saints feels possibly like a loser gets loser, loser go home job. Potentially uh, if the Falcons won these two weeks, they have a reasonable chance to make it uh, either as the division winner or the wild card uh, almost 50, 50 about 38% chance if they won both of them. So it's, it's not too late for them to save their job. Uh, the Bears have been the number one defense in EPA per play allowed since week six. How about that? Six. Since week six. That's a pretty long that? timeline here. Uh, and I th I think these games really matter for Eberflus. If they, they have the Packers next week, like if they could knock out the Packers, 
I mean, if they win these two games, I don't think there's any chance Eberflus is gone. So it does matter for these two coaches, I think. I mean, I think if, if you want to make an argument for Eberflus, it's like... Eberflus? What he's meant to be good at, they're good at. They've, like, they've, in, in the, they've got... And I would also even say for the front office, like the Montez Sweat trade wasn't just a, a vanity move. Like, it's absolutely worked. He fits into their defense. They've been really good on that side of the ball. Um, I, I'm looking at the entire league, and I'm like, are the Falcons the most disappointing team in the NFL, considering where I thought, what I thought they would be back in August. There's some competition. I mean, how could a team that has Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, be the most disappointing team in the NFL? I, I thought personally, how much I thought personally that they were going to kind of do something that got a lot of talk. Bengals how, are up there for me. But Bengals not, are injury-based. Yeah, though. but it's to me, it's not. They were disappointed with Burrow, and I think they'd be disappointing with him still. But you're right. I'd, I'd, I'd put Who would be? That's, Patriots are up there. The Bills... Need to finish strong, but they have a potential to be up there. But you're right. There there aren't many. Uh, I'm saying for Arthur Smith, it's like, what yeah. is your selling point? It's like you're in that Patriots. world Chargers. of like deep Chargers. Chargers. Worse, yeah. Chargers. And so the, the, we know what happened to that coach. It's like, I'm just saying Arthur Smith's resume here is rough. Rugged. Last test mm-hmm. for that running attack against such a good run defense. I, it's not a bad game. I'll take it. Um, I'll take it. It's... Uh, <laughs> A final chance for the Bears. Home favorites, minus three and minus 155. That? Per next-gen stats, the Bears currently less than a 1% chance to make the playoffs. If they win, though, Greg, in week 17, Chicago's playoffs chances jump to 1%. So it goes from less than 1% to 1%. They will probably be eliminated this Data week. point. What does that mean, though? Like, like artillery would need to fall on, like, four other organizational buildings. Like, how do you get in with a 1% chance to make the playoffs? There is a path. In week well, yeah, they're not eliminated. They would need like a, a thousand. Be incredible to see. A lot of things would need to happen here. Um, anything else? No, gang, we've said it all. All right, this is. Uh, We're gonna have like a fifteen-minute post-show draft to dra- figure out a <laughs> draft after the draft. Um, yes, that's coming up for us, but that's private, and you don't need to be involved with that, and you don't want to be involved with that. But remember, triple header, TNF, Browns, Jets. Dreamatorium with me and Greggy. Where's Mark? Another trip to the Crentist. Remember, <laughs> need that call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.